Hey there, welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living. What did you do this week to design happy living? Was it for your home or was it for your heart? For me, it was a little bit of both, actually. We had a trip that we were supposed to take that got canceled, and so that meant hubby got to take a little bit of time off and we chose to have a staycation. For me, that meant a little less work than normal, but it meant also a spontaneous project, a project that I had been holding on to in my mind for a while that I want, wanted to do, that I wanted to tackle, and we finally got around to it. It was retiling our bathroom floor, and I am so glad we did. It has made such a dramatic change, and of course, it's going to lead to dominoes. One change is going to lead to another, but I want to tell you about how we chose to tile. It wasn't poignant to me at the time, but it was when I got home. One thing I noticed was that because this was a spontaneous decision, I went in without a plan. Usually I have a plan, and if I don't have a mood board ready to go for redesigning a room, I have something in my mind, and that I can execute, I can execute that plan just from the vision in my mind. But going in with a plan is always a good idea. Second to that, though, is just really understanding your aesthetic enough to know that when you go to the hardware store, you can appreciate the hundreds of choices of tile, (laughs) which is what I did. I could appreciate them. I could say, oh, that one's really pretty. That one's really pretty. But my eyes just went over one after the other after the other until I was honing in on three, three out of hundreds of choices. I narrowed it down to three, one of which I could eliminate straight away because it was too big for our small bathroom, and that left two. And one kind of the same way. It was, they were both very similar in color tone, but we were able to narrow it down to two. And asking Greg which one he liked, he agreed he liked the one that was more expensive. (laughs) I liked that one too, and I'm so glad we chose it. It looks stunning. But the point is that If you don't have a plan, well, first of all, understanding your aesthetic is huge for creating a plan. But if you don't have a plan, walking into a store to make big choices like tile or couches or flooring and even little choices like pillows and throw blankets and art and lamps, understanding your aesthetic is going to help you step out of paralysis and into decision making like I did with the tile. Okay, if you are following me along on Instagram, you probably saw the tile choice in my stories. And if you're not following along, hop on over there, at Fig and Farm. All right, that is not what I want to talk to you about today. (laughs) Actually, what I want to talk to you about is something that you guys had been asking me for quite some time, actually. You guys meaning people I've run into over the years, clients I've had over the years, people in my Facebook group have all had some version of this question. And the question is, how do I put the finishing touches in my home? How do I make it feel put together? I know what I like. I've got it all laid out. I made good choices. I'm happy with those choices. And now what? What do I do next? And that is what I'm addressing today. And I'm addressing it. This is a replay from a training I did in my Facebook group. If you're not there yet, join us. We do a weekly training. You might enjoy it. You can join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. 
But in that training, there were some visuals. So I will reference the visuals that you won't get to see. And I tried to describe them well enough so that you can follow along. But the principle of what I'm talking about, the fundamentals of this styling is going to be the thing to pay attention to. And this is a system I developed specifically to answer your question of how do I put the completed touch on my room? How do I make it look nuanced? How do I make it look intentional? How do I make it look put together, cute, finished, whatever your word is, whatever your adjective is? How do you make it look that way? And I'm talking about that today in the system called ladder. You're going to need your creative spelling hat on because we don't spell it that way. (laughs) And I tell you how. I tell you the acronym, what it stands for. But I wanted to also tell you some very, very exciting news. And this exciting news is time sensitive. The exciting news is that with this system, I created a bookshelf styling guide and it's live. It's ready to go. It is in my design 101 course. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can access it, or you can find it in my courses tab on my website. By the way, my website got a little makeover. If you haven't been there for a while, go check it out. You are wanting a little bit more play-by-play, a little bit more visual, a little bit more interaction, a little bit more hand-holding that I'm giving you today. I want you to go right now. In fact, go, run, 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 run. Because I think I'm off my rocker. I am giving you a $10 off coupon for this already ridiculously cheap course. (laughs) It's $27, but $10 off. Do the math. (laughs) And it's only good for one week. So October 13th, the price goes back up to the original price. This is a, this is a, you know, when you have a brand new baby and you get the cigar out, maybe you didn't get a cigar, but you get the cigar out and you celebrate this is that. We're celebrating for one week, the brand new launch of this new course, $17 to get the book style guide. All right. The art, by the way, is beautiful. It's done by my, one of my good friends, local artist, Holly, and it is stunning. So, um, if nothing else, go check out the art. All right, you guys, I want you to enjoy today's episode. Do grab a paper, grab a pen, um, and take some notes because this is so good. And you are going to have actionable steps to work with um, by the end of our 30 minutes together. So enjoy. And then I want you to, I want you to take some pictures. Show me how you used ladder as you've been styling different things in your home and tag me on Instagram at Fig and Farm. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful.
Well, hello there. You guys, I am so excited to be talking about today's topic because this is something that I created specifically for you. I have heard you loud and clear when you have said things like, I don't know how to finish, do the finishing touches in my room. I don't know how to um, do the nuanced decorating to make, you know, I know what I like and I've gotten what I like, but I don't know how to put it all together. So I have heard you, I've heard you loud and clear and I developed the system just for you. And it is applicable in so many ways that if you learn the fundamentals now, you're going to be able to use it, the principles of it for other um, areas of home decorating. So here we are, this is called ladder. So you're gonna have to be a little creative with the spelling. We're pronouncing that ladder, it is L-D-T-H-R. Why is it important and what will it do for you? Okay, learning these fundamentals, you are going to be able to style bookshelves, entry tables, mantles, pianos, tablescapes, credenzas, shelf-ledged gallery walls, pretty much anything with a flat surface. And you are going to be able to, you know, we're going to practice doing flat horizontal surfaces. But if you think about even um, vertical pieces like walls, these same principles can apply. So shall we get started? All right. So ladder L-D-T-H-R. What do these little letters stand for? The L and the D are best friends. They work together all the time. It is like the Q and the U, and those two always go together. <laughs> L is for layers, D is for depth. Basically, it's like this. You go to the hairstylist, and they don't flatten down your hair when you leave, right? They poof it up. They give you volume. They make sure that it is nice and full. Layers and depth create that fullness, that volume. It creates that, um, it fills it out. It takes something from, and we're going to call that something, we're going to call them landscapes today. It creates that landscape that is um, more 3D than 2D. It adds dimension. It creates a visual interest that draws you in. But what I want to make sure that you understand is that it doesn't always mean that you have to have more to make that happen. It doesn't always. Sometimes you might want more. Like right now, if I were to look on Pinterest and Instagram, I would see pumpkins exploding all over the place. Porches, um, in front of fireplaces, on fireplaces, mantles, on tables, they are exploding everywhere. And you might like that look. And some of you might think that's too much. So whatever your style is, wherever you land on that um, continuum, that's okay. This will still apply to you. You just add more if you want more pumpkins. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna take a peek at um, an example. And that example um, has all of the layers. It has the layers, the depth. It has the H, the T, the R, it has it all, but we're gonna talk about layers and depth. Okay, here's the styled piano. Um, the layers and the depth in this example exist several places, but right now we're going to focus mainly on the art and that plant. So you can see that there's a, the large art um, sitting, kind of leaning on the piano top. And a piano top anyway isn't a whole lot of space to work with. 
it's a little bit thin, it's a little bit narrow, um, but this still works. So if I had placed that plant three inches to the right, you would see your eyes would go from lamp to candle, which is sitting on top of some books you just can't see because it's tucked behind um, that music holder. So you see the lamp, the books and candle, you see the art, and then you see this plant. And that plant, if it were moved over three inches to the right, would have a gap there between that and the art. And what that would look like is that that plant was an afterthought. That plant was tossed up there because you didn't know where to put it. That plant was, um, had nowhere else to go. But I didn't put it three inches to the right. I put it so it looks like it is kind of tucked right in front of the picture. That was intentional. That was intentional because I wanted to make sure that it looked like it was part of the story. That one line went right into the other. It's kind of like cursive writing, right? How each letter ties right into the other, right into the other, into the other. The same idea. You want that landscape to look like it ties into the other. Not every element will connect all the time, but when it can, that's a good thing. So we've got that layer right there that creates depth. Now imagine that plant gone from the scene. Can you picture that? That plant gone from the scene, it would look like something was missing. It would look like that picture, that picture, which is really big, would be like, what's happening here? It wouldn't make very much sense because it would be one big and then nothing else. It, it wouldn't work. So you've got that layers and the depth right there. And then I want you to take a peek at the lamp. And on the lamp, it's just a regular old vintage lamp with a new shade. And on that, you see the tassel. And that tassel is maybe a little bit too long for, this, for the lamp, that's okay. But it is adding another layer to the lamp. It is taking what is, it's kind of creating that, a little bit of newness to the vintage lamp. You don't necessarily, see the vintage lamp in the same eyes you might if you were at Goodwill looking at that lamp. Um, and it creates a whimsical layer to it. Let's take a look too at um, the seat where you would sit to play the piano. I know underneath that faux fur rug, there is a hard bench. And that hard bench would be just fine. People would still play the piano, but you throw that layer on top and it is super inviting and it's also really interesting. It's a little bit surprising. We aren't gonna talk about the height, texture and repetition, but I'm gonna let you look at it for a minute and see if you notice anything. Okay, let's move on to H. H is for height. Now, I am gonna go back here. Actually, I take it back. I'm not gonna go back there. Height is really important when you're creating a landscape because it takes what could be a very flat line and makes it a little bit more readable, a little bit more attainable, a little bit more interesting. It breaks up the flat line in a way that draws you in. And anytime you create a landscape, you want to draw it in. You want to be drawn in. You want to draw in the people who are seeing it. So it breaks up that straight silhouette. It creates visual interest and intrigue. And it allows your eye to move just a little bit easier over that landscape. It isn't so jarring. 
Now, what I want to say is in direct contrast to this could be a gallery wall where you have like a grid-like pattern where everything is um, flat line, maybe three flat lines, and you've got symmetrical grid work here. That is a very different look and it's very intentional in its own right. So that flat line is perfect because that's what you're trying to do. That's what you're trying to create on that vertical surface. But on a, a horizontal surface, when you're creating some sort of scape here, a landscape, you want to have height variation. Let's see an example. Here is a styled entry table, and it's a very simple design, but it, it works really, really well. You have layers which add depth, and you also have height. Of course, you have texture. Um, I don't necessarily know about repetition because I don't know what else is happening in the room, but I'm just going to assume so. Um, but let's talk about the layers and the depth right now. So right now, what we see is this vintage dresser that has been restored and is creating this really beautiful two-tone piece, this black with the wood, the wood grains are standing out in a good way. So that right now, I'm jumping forward, but that is, you can see that the wood grains, which is a textural element. Okay. Um, but on top of that dresser is the original frame. And that frame has lots of visual interest anyway, and just the architecture of it. But in front of that frame, you now have the books and the lamp and you have the plant. That plant right there is creating a lot of height and a lot of variety of height. It's really full in by itself because of the amount of plants they put in there. And that is creating depth because of its fullness, but it's also sitting layered in front of the mirror. The same thing could happen if it wasn't a mirror, if it was a, an art piece of art, um, but it's creating that layer. And then of course, the fullness of the plant is creating the depth too. But let's talk about the books and the lamp. The books are adding height to that lamp. If those books weren't there, that lamp would sit about four inches lower. And that would be kind of in competition with the plant where the bulk of the plant, um, the end of it is. And that would not be a good thing. You don't want to have that flat line. So what you would have then is like flat line lamp, we've got to go up and we see the, the outline of the mirror and then we have flat line for the picture or the plant. And that wouldn't be as interesting as seeing this lamp sitting atop the books. Books, by the way, are a really good way to add that height variety on anything, mantles, credenzas, you name it. Okay, and then we have T and T is for texture. Now, by the very name, by its very nature, if it is matter, it has texture, right? Um, that's, just, that's just the way it is. So imagine if I had a, um, a bookshelf and on my bookshelf, I only had encyclopedias. And those encyclopedias are all covered. They're the same edition, so the same set. It would be the same texture repeating itself on this one bookshelf. <laughs> Can you hear my dog? Oh dear. Um, but imagine if I took some of those books off, I laid them sideways, I put a plant on top of the sideways, maybe I put a candle or a clock or I put some glasses, maybe a 
cute little vase with some pins on it. And I created a little bit more variety in height, in layers and depth, but then now the texture with the clock face, which would be glass probably and metal with the vase that's holding the pens. And you've got some um, maybe ceramic there. The plant, of course, the plant, plants are a great way to add texture because they're just so, um, they have such variety. Um, so imagine now you, you're breaking up that texture of the one encyclopedia with all of these other little elements. And that could be more interesting draws you in a little bit more than just the flat one texture um, visual. So texture, the purpose of texture is to draw you in. It is really, really inviting. Remember that piano bench? That um, layered rug, that shag rug was really, really inviting. It makes me wanna go sit there. It makes my, my cats wanna go lay there. <laughs> it's one of their favorite places. Um, it provides lots of interest texture. It creates opportunities for repetition, which is coming up next. And it can really turn any landscape from bland to interesting, like that example of the encyclopedias. Okay. Here is my example of textures. And it is, it, this is a, such a good example of really everything on here. Now, like it or not, some of you are looking at this and thinking chaos, chaos, chaos. And some of you are looking at it and thinking perfection, perfection, perfection. That is beside the point because we can all appreciate in whatever measure, you know, whatever picture we see, we can all appreciate different aspects of it. What I hope you appreciate on this is that there are layers and depth. There's height variety. There is texture. And jumping ahead, there's repetition. So Let's talk about that for just a second. The layers are blaring, right? We see this is that, um, that shelf ledge gallery wall I was talking to you about at the beginning. And if you have ever wanted to try a gallery wall and you're just a little bit nervous about putting holes in the wall, try this. This is a very, um, a very easy way to create a gallery style wall in your home without over committing and with actually with allowing yourself the flexibility to um, change the art often. So if you have a, like a playroom, this would be so much fun because those kids, they come home with a lot of artwork and lots of times they wanna see that artwork. <laughs> Pop it in a cute frame and voila, you've got it displayed. It's so cute, it's such a precious way to display kid artwork. <clears throat> or in this case, in like this little library, what a cute way to tell your story. I have no idea where this image came from. It looks very masculine to me. So I'm imagining this is a man's apartment in New York City. I don't know, I have no, no clue. But I can see that these things are important. I can see that the number 23 and the number seven are important. I don't know why. Maybe 23 is the number he wore in his high school basketball jersey. I can see that horses, maybe he, was, he rode horses as a kid. I can see that these images, um, New York, that's why I'm saying New York because of the NY, I have no idea, but it's important to him. And if I did know him, I bet we could fill some of this out, right? We could connect some of the dots. Okay, I digress. Back to the layers and the depth. So you can see that there are, the way that the photos are sitting, um, they're layered in front of each other. They're stacked in front of each other. Um, the height is happening with the books, 
You can see even on the second shelf where the lights are, you can see the pencil drawn horse and the man. And that is sitting up on what looks like a um, plate holder to give it a little bit more elevation. Now imagine if, let's look at that, that same row for a second. Imagine that all four of those pictures were on the same height. That wouldn't be as interesting. It would be a little bit more bland if there was no variation in height. But because there's variation in height and because you see the layers too, that draws you in and it makes you want to learn what is this guy's story? I'm super curious. You see texture on here. You can see it in the way that there's um, paper represented, a, a thinner texture than the metal of these structures. And they're kind of jarring structures. They're those um, thin lines that are creating the, the horse on the bottom shelf and the little, it looks like a jungle gym. That's what I keep thinking by the number 23. And look up above, layered right in front of the Roman numerals, there's another iron sculpture. Those are a little bit harder of lines, but now you have the texture that's created with the pencil work, the pencil background rub of the 23 and of the seven even. You've got the texture created with the wispy lines of the art right behind the number seven. That line element is repeated with the Roman numeral on the top shelf. So you see how there's lots of repetition happening, lots of texture represented. Oh, and the wood, do you see the wood? Or if it's not wood, it is a repeated color of that kind of camely brown. This is so good. And I jumped ahead talking about repetition. If you remember nothing else from what I've taught you, I want you to remember this. Repetition is the number one thing that will create a cohesive look within your room. Repetition, it is. It is the number one thing. Repetition is something that can um, make a bully remediated or very apparent because the bully is nowhere around. So it becomes now very blaring that you need to solve that bully issue. <laughs> um, a repeated element within your room, like if you're doing a landscape, if you're doing the, the tablescape, you're doing the credenza, you're doing the entry table, any of those flat surfaces, if you are doing any of those, I want you to stand right where you are, look around the room. And if you have to turn around, you look around the room, what elements did you put within that little landscape that are repeated, the colors, the textures, the fabrics, the patterns, are they repeated somewhere else within the room? And if the answer is no, then switch it up a little bit. Add something that would be repeated to make that make more sense. So remember back to that entryway table when I said, I don't know what the repetition is in here, but I'm assuming that there is. So I'm assuming that somewhere within the room, there was more black or there was more wood, or the, there was more, a little bit more of that antique brass that was making up that lamp. I was assuming that white, even from that vessel that was holding the plants. Okay, let's see this example. Um, repetition, of course, could be anything. Color, texture, metals, fabrics, patterns. Um, it could be anything. Let's see the example. And then we'll go back and we'll talk about each one of the examples. Okay. So using ladder, you can style a table. Check this one out. This is so pretty. 
It has layers and depth. It has height. It has texture. It has repetition. It has all of these elements that create a beautiful tablescape. This is beautiful inspiration for my Thanksgiving table. I think I've mentioned it before that one of my very favorite things when I have dinner parties is I love, of course, being intentional about the menu and making sure that um, I, I love serving my, my guests. So um, I make sure that I know what their food restrictions are. And I, I cater to that because I have a kiddo with food allergies and it kind of stinks, honestly, when you go somewhere and they are excluded. So I want to make sure that everyone feels welcome in, and they're not just picking. <laughs> oh, I can eat the carrot because that, that's the one thing I can have. <laughs> um, but I digress. Um, so I love setting, I love making the menu. The menu is super important to me, but just as important is setting the table. It is so much fun and I will actually set the table. If my dinner is at seven at night, I am going to set my table right after we eat breakfast because um, it just inspires me for the rest of the day. It's so much fun. Okay, let's talk about this. So um, layers, depth, height, texture, and repetition. We are going to start with the very obvious and that obviousness is how full it is. Do you see how full? More isn't always better. In this case, of course, it looks really interesting and inviting. Um, the fullness is happening because you see the greens and the pumpkins and the candles and they're all mixed together on this beautiful little tray. But I can also tell if you look closely that there is invitation for staying for dessert. Do you see those brown plates that are happening on this tray? The brown plates and the pie server? I missed that the first time around. That is creating this illusion, that invitation to stay the fullness to stay. There's a variety of heights. You can see that there's little candles, little pumpkins, and then there's some brass candlesticks. You can see that there's some elevated candles. Look at this one down here. Elevated candles sitting on top of some wood rounds. Talk about texture. Do you see all of the texture in here? Look at the wood. The wood right next to the brass, super interesting. And then you bring in those greens and then you bring in the glass and then you bring in the wax. All of that, are those are textural elements that create um, invitation. And then repetition, I see pumpkins. I see pumpkins scattered, I see leaves. You see these leaf plates? These leafy plates here are um, part of their placemat setting, but they also repeat themselves with what's happening in the centerscape. Love it, love it. This is going to be my inspiration for my Thanksgiving table. The color palette is very similar. It is light whites, and you can tell this is a light, um, it looks light blue to me, and greens, pretty color palette. And that is repeated even in the plates. You can see the plates. Okay, I'm gonna go back here and we're gonna talk about, we already talked about everything with this picture. Um, and this one, I wasn't sure about the repetition. Okay, so that leaves us with the piano. <laughs> what you don't see in this picture is that there are lots of repeated elements. Because this is one vantage point, you don't know what's happening in the rest of the room. I know what's happening in the rest of the room. I know that there is brass. There are brass um, side tables. This lamp that has brass on it, that is a repeated element from throughout the room. 
I know that mustard that looks like this cute little mustardy tassel is not an outlier. There is mustard in this picture sitting right next to it. One of these stacks of books right here is mustard. And then on the other side of the room, there are some teeny tiny little peaks of mustard happening on um, some prints on the other side of the room. Those prints happen to be vintage um, Parisian birds um, that we picked up when we were in Paris. And what I what you can't see here is that these books are birding books. They are ready to go right off that back door in case one of the boys finds a really interesting bird that they want to identify. And then we have, of course, um, the greens in here, the greens and um, of the picture and the greens in the plant. And then we've got some greens happening in those vintage Parisian artwork. Lots of repetition happening in a good way. Pink, this pink piano, this pink piano is not hanging out all by itself. We've got some pink happening in the other area of the room. We've got a cute little pink, um, a cute little pink throw blanket and a little touch of pink on a pillow sitting on the couch right next to it. There's all kinds of texture happening here. Do you see the wovenness of this basket? Of course, the texture here. Lots of good stuff, you guys. So um, the point is ladder is going to help you in so many ways. Ladder is going to help you create the landscapes for all of these places where you feel stuck. It's going to help you feel like um, you can put the finishing details on things that matter in your home that might become um, junk spots or, you know, catch-alls, or maybe they're just missed because you just don't know what to do with it. Ladder is going to help with that. Layers, depth, best friends, remember, height, texture, and repetition. Remember those, and you guys are going to be solid. Um, and then I want you to be brave. I want you to show me a picture of something that you have styled using ladder. Can you be brave for me? I want you to do that and send me a picture. All right, you guys, this is so much fun. Next week, I am in the next three weeks, I'm going to come in and I'm going to show you um, a how to create these in um, real time. So we are going to style, um, I don't know yet. Um, if you have a, a request, let me know. Do you want me to style an entry table, bookshelf, mantle? I have my ideas, but maybe you have yours. So um, let me know and I will style it for you. It'll be in the video on that Thursday. Okay, I hope you guys are well. I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go. If you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, Join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.